We're crazy for Swayze. Gonna watch everything he made. We're crazy for Swayze. Then we'll talk about it. We're crazy for Swayze. Gonna watch everything he made. We're crazy for Swayze. Then we'll talk about it. Hello and welcome back another episode of crazy for swayze i'm your host vince troya and i'm joined as always by my co-host the producer and let's be honest the looks of this podcast josh young josh how are you today i'm feeling and looking good yeah you are yeah josh <sighs> we've been doing lots of these swayze movies right yeah that's the point yeah, I got a sports one for you this week. Baseball! Baseball. This week we're watching The Comeback Kid. Now, this was Patrick Spacey's first television appearance, right? Wow. Um, it was directed by Peter Levin, who also did a bunch of the episodes for Love is a Many Splendored Thing. And uh, he just did, like, tons of one-off TV stuff. Okay. Right? And... Uh, Looking into this, because since it was his first TV movie, he is not top billed. Hmm. But we're going to be seeing uh, Patrick act alongside John Ritter from Sling Blade and Three's Company. Woo, Three's Company! Susan Day from Little Women, Doug McLean from I Spit in Your Grave 3, and James Gregory from The Manchurian Candidate and Planet of the Apes 2, Beneath the Planet of the Apes I didn't know there was three I Spit on Your Grave movies. I think there's like four or five now, man. Cool. Yeah. But uh, from what I've you know, read about this, it seems like we're going to be doing a, uh, a Mighty Ducks. Oh, great. Is John Ritter on the team or is he the coach? He seems to be the coach. He's he's like the Bad News Bears situation. Okay. You know? a, uh, a down and former minor league baseball player finds romance and a renewed zest for life when he takes a job coaching a group of underprivileged kids. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Well, how, where's Swayze in the billing? Swayze is sitting ninth on IMDb and fifth on Letterboxd, but there were only seven people listed on Letterboxd. Nice. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have to see how this pans out. We haven't had any experience with this film. No, why would you? Um, it's a TV movie? Yeah, it came out in April of 81. Cool. Yeah, it's 97 minutes long, and it was on ABC. It's a family channel. So, yeah. Hopefully this is this is going to be a fun romp. Oh yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> you ready to watch it? Yeah. Let's do it. Well, that was a fun romp. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Josh, how did you feel about that movie? I gave it half a star on Letterboxd. <laughs> You're going to just jump right in? Yeah, just jump in. I, I did the same. Dude, that was such a bad movie. It was bad. I don't know who it was for. The music sucked. There was one point at which you liked the music, but it sucked is what you said. Yeah, like it was not well acted. The writing was bad. I feel like John Ritter, uh, just just kind of hollers all the time. Oh, uh, yeah. Like he he takes he takes like a Midwestern dad to a new new level because it's not just like shrill, but it's like hey. I'm John Ritter. Don't you want to kiss me? I liked I'm, him on Three's Company. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I don't know, man. I did not like him in this. He was way too much from the very beginning, and he didn't even marginally improve, in my opinion. Not at all. Like, his character made no improvements. None. No. Like, we... we oh, he got better at batting. I guess. <laughs> I guess. I that. think that's it. 
But is that an improvement? Because he said he was already good at batting. Yeah, there's no way to know. It opens with us at a baseball game, right? We we zoom in on uh, Bubba Newman, and Bubba is the pitcher of the 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 baseball team, the Stallions, right? And uh, he's just being a big old ham. He's kissing girls while they're playing baseball, like girls in the stands. Just being a big old goofball. He uh, fucks up the game. Oh, they still won. Well, yeah, but he loses their lead and, uh, you know, he gets pulled into the office after the game, you know. And then his coach is like, hey, uh, somebody wants to bring somebody up, so you're getting cut and kicks him off the team. Oh, but he refuses to get cut. Yeah. But he gets cut. He gets cut. <laughs> He's ineffectual, something we learn immediately. But then he goes to the bar to celebrate, right? Yeah, I think <laughs> he goes to the bar to celebrate and is him hanging out with his buddies. And that's when we meet Patrick Swayze's Chuck. Um, and for the most part, all the buddies do are just jeer on uh, Bubba in regards to wanting him to drink more. Because mm-hmm. he likes drinking. And just push each other to do the most ridiculous thing, you know. Very, just, just rowdy behavior. Yeah, he had like a signature move that was riding on people's backs. Mm-hmm. So they just go and hang out and get drunk. And he gets in a fight at the bar. Some guy uh, is making fun of how stupid a baseball player looks on TV, and he's like refuses to accept that. He's like, "No, baseball players. You respect baseball players." <laughs> Pours a beer on the guy's head, and then he knocks him in the face, and then it's a bar fight. Yeah, all of them start fighting. Genius. Uh, so then him and his buddies try and take the girls home, and he wants to keep partying. Yeah, and eventually the one girl that he's hanging out with was the one that he was kissing at the, the baseball game. Says, hey, do you know why we're called the Stallions? And she says, no. And he goes, I'll show you. And it cuts to him. Like, drinking beer in the morning or afternoon, looking at wanted ads in the paper. Yeah, it, it, it was unclear as if she was there or yeah, anything like that. Did they do the sex or but, what? But yeah, he's just, like, got, like, four or five beers deep, and then he's just looking at the newspaper. And then hard cut to him, like, walking around. And it's nighttime? It's nighttime, and he's drunk. He's got beers and a bottle of whiskey, and what he does is he goes onto a pitcher's mound of a ba- of a baseball field, and then drinks a beer, smashes it, and then throws it towards home plate. Yep, and that's what he does until all he, night until he passes out. And it's like sad. It's framed as sad. How is it framed that it's, that it's sad? I don't know. The music was sad. But- <laughs> Just lots of fucking. Like, like in a normal soap movie, opera keyboardy. In a normal movie, this is like when you're at your worst. This is like, uh, you know, the bottom of the barrel. Here. I mean, he's clearly depicting that he's at his worst. Like, he's he just got fired from his job in the first, like, five minutes of the movie. Oh, but it gets worse. And then he gets drunk. And then uh, once, he, once we realize that he's passed out, it's because a bunch of kids have ridden up on him on their bikes and stuff like that. It's daytime. It's morning. And they're like, "Hey, let's 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 take his beers and get drunk." Yeah, there's an unopened bottle or a can of beer. You know, there's a little bit of whiskey here. Let's get drunk. <laughs> yeah. So one of them goes to steal the one unopened can of beer. The smallest child. He looks like he's like four or five. His name's Paul, and he he's got this bitchin' little vest on. He's super fucking cool. But he goes to take this fucking beer can that's unopened, and that's when Bubba wakes up and goes, "That's my beer!" And tries to wrestle the beer from the kid, who's yeah, screaming. And, all, and a few of them start kicking him and stuff like that. And it's just like all these kids just so beat him literally up. Literally, he is lower than he was the previous evening with sad music, but it's like portrayed as funny. Yes. And then he decides to go into the bathroom that's at like the park and clean up. And after he's done cleaning up comes out and he sees Susan Day, who plays uh, Megan Barrett, right? 
She's looking all sorts of great, but she's stretching. And Bubba, without missing a beat, just beelines right to her and starts hitting on her. He, like, is still all grody and in yesterday's clothes. He just he just woke up from Probably sleeping. smells like beer sweat. Yeah, and dirt from sleeping on the fucking pitcher's mound. <laughs> Getting kicked by all those goddamn kids. So then she... She's like stretching and he she, she comes runs over away. comes over and starts harassing her and then she just pieces the fuck out. She just runs away. She starts jogging away. Yeah. To which he goes, I'm gonna do the exact same thing. So he just starts jogging after her. Starts chasing her. And it's like a lot of cuts of him like chasing her. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually she runs over to the baseball field and starts picking up the beer cans that he left there. <laughs> And then he starts harassing her. He's like, like, did you drink all these? (laughs) You know, you're supposed to throw them in a garbage can. I'll help you clean them up. Just being a general ass. Like, if this was the year 2010, she might have headphones in. But she, like, women used to just have to deal with this. They still do. But now there's headphones. (laughs) Yeah. Like... So he chases her around the park. She goes into a full sprint. Yeah. And he's, he's keeping right up with her. He starts chatting her up, being like, I'm a professional baseball player. Why are you running so fast? You I can't think run it's away from your problems. It's framed as, like, uh, charming. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Like, overly persistent, but charming, which is how men used to be, uh, like, uh, attractive in movies. Yeah. Or in, at least endearing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like that anymore. And he's, like, shrilly yelling at her the entire time. I think like that John Ritter just just only yells mm-hmm. and he even when he's upset and he's like trying to beat himself up he's still fucking yelling I'm just like why are you screaming so much bro like, uh, chill the fuck out yeah so then he harasses her into uh telling him about a job yeah and then he says that he's gonna just fill the job and he's she's like i'm not offering it to you (laughs) they even go out to a meal and everything she doesn't want to give him the job because he's clearly a fucking loser yeah and and the kids are disadvantaged she tells him the other guy quit because he couldn't handle it yeah so he just convinces megan for some reason to let him coach these kids right it's a classic how can i reach these kids right i guess i don't even know if it's a classic how can i reach these kids because usually that situation means that the like you know the parental unit uh was put there not necessarily against their will but it's like that very much is their job this is this man goes out of his way to take this responsibility to, to that he has no this idea. Woman. Yeah, and he has no interest in reaching these kids. Not he, at he all. He only wants to reach this woman. Yeah, not at all. Like to the point that he shows up the first day when he's supposed to be running this youth youth core and he just starts yelling at these kids to the point that one kid, Michael, goes, "Who are you? You're not here to yell at us." Yeah. Who, who are you? Why are you yelling at us? And then he goes, I'm Bubba Higgins. And everyone's like, "Who who's Bubba Higgins? Oh, you probably know me if you've seen any local sports. But no, none of these they're you know, the kids are dirty. Yeah, they're very dirty they're children. Physically dirty, and it's offensive, in my opinion. They're all dirty and sweaty. And I feel like their just... home situations are a lot like the outsiders. But, yeah. uh, like, they're too dirty. Yeah, maybe. Um, but they, they these kids just like start giving giving him the the shit, and and John Ritter is just being an asshole and just fucking yelling at him. He bullies a few of the kids into doing some basic exercises, right? Oh no, no, he offers them a quarter. Yeah, he each. offers them a quarter each to to exercise, and eventually one girl just sits down and he like comes over and screams at her and do you want your quarter or don't you and then she's like yeah so she gets up and starts doing fucking her jumping jacks and just like what what is when did he calls the kids you people yeah yeah constantly and at one point the kids are being combative in front of him and the and megan and they just declare that they want to get stoned. Yeah, hell yeah. And I really liked that. I thought I was, that was these cool. kids are fucking hilarious. They, get, they want to get stoned and boogie. I like when the one kid's bullying baby Paul and uh, and John Ritter Bubba is like, 
hey, don't do that. It's my job to bully these kids. <laughs> yeah, and then he just starts bullying all the fucking kids. The, and then they start fighting, our, and he's like, just let them fight. Yeah. That, you know, if you let them fight, then they don't got to fight no more. Yeah. That's what he said. That's, in my opinion, true. But Megan disagrees, right? She's, she's a social worker. And, oh yeah, she has allocated funds to this man to do this job. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like an actual job. It's not like a volunteer thing that he has done. Yeah, he's getting $700 a week. A month. A month. $700 a week. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. $700 a month. And she gave him just a bunch of money to use and buy sporting goods and stuff like that for the kids. $650. Because um, we find out that this isn't a team necessarily more than just like an, an a youth group for exercising and stuff. So they've joined a track and field meet. Yeah, those like, are the stakes. It's in eight weeks and they got to be ready for the track and field meet. Yeah. So and that's how we keep track of time throughout the movie is occasionally he'll be like, it's only four weeks until the track meet. And it's like, yeah, thanks. Yeah, she was screaming at him at one point because it was solely five weeks to the track meet. And like, they didn't have the hurdles yet. And just. Yeah, because they needed all sorts of shit, and he spent it all on a fucking baseball pitching machine that the, he makes it clear the kids can't use. Like, they're yeah. both physically unable to, and he doesn't want them to use it. Yeah, this entire time, Bubba is just, he's just a fucking dick to everybody. Like, he, he takes this money that Megan gives to him to spend on the kids, and then he spends it on a pitching machine for him, so then he can get back to, like, minor league level performance <laughs> to, to, to rejoin his old team. Yeah, because it's like his favorite. He loves baseball. He, he thinks it's the thing. best. Yeah. And that's so, when I realized that the movie wasn't a baseball movie. What? I thought that the kids were playing baseball, but they're not. They're yeah, doing track and field. The kids are not playing baseball, but he buys this pitching machine. Well, at least if he would have signed them up for like a baseball thing, he'd have an excuse to buy that. But... They're a track and field team, and they needed cones and hurdles, and he bought a pitching machine. <laughs> like He clearly didn't have good intentions. No, not at all. <laughs> and he has to hide it from Megan with the help of Paul, because him and Paul had just finished bonding and hanging out. Paul, like... Because he thinks Paul's got grit or whatever, because Paul caught him using the pitching machine that yeah. Paul wanted to use it. Paul rides up on Bubba using this pitching machine, like, early in the morning, and he's like, I want to do this. And he's got a football helmet on, and then Bubba immediately starts making fun of him. Like, why are you wearing a football helmet? Yeah, this is baseball and all this kind of stuff. And then he's he like, needs it. He, he tries to convince him to let him use the pitching machine. So Bubba says, okay, and he goes over and starts picking up the baseballs throw him and then Paul declares he needs to use the pitching machine actually knocks one off fucking cool but then you see Megan pull up and all of a sudden Bubba starts panicking starts taking apart this pitching machine and screaming at Paul to help him put it into a shed so that she couldn't see it yeah even though they were out in the middle of the field in the middle of the field that she pulled up on and can see them utilizing it oh, she's like ah that must be like an ice luge of some sort so he takes the 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 clip off right and hands that to paul this four-year-old boy maybe five-year-old boy yeah yeah and the fucking uh, tube is like three times taller than him <laughs> at least six feet long at least. And so then Bubba picks up the pitching machine and bolts to this shed. This boy is barely barely managing this, this fucking arm. And Bubba starts screaming at him to hurry up. Yeah, yeah. They eventually hide it. Megan has no idea. And right? I think that at that point, Michael shows up and makes himself more villainous, right? I don't know exactly what he did, but that's why when I wrote down, he's clearly the bad guy. Yeah, Michael just does not want to play with the other kids. And he's, like, really smart. Like, every time that they say that something is good for him or whatever, he has some sort of actual retort. Yeah, bright kid. And, like, while this is also happening, Bubba is kind of talking down to Paul because Paul keeps trying to mention the pitching machine. Oh, yeah. He doesn't want anyone to know about the pitching machine, so he keeps like being a dick to him. And making him run laps. Yeah. And then he starts just being condescending to Megan 
and eventually pressures her into going to dinner with him again. Yeah, so that he can talk about the kids. Yeah, because... Oh, he can't do it on the clock. Yeah, he can't... He wants to talk to her about her, but he has to focus on the kids? He has, like, circuitous logic, and I don't know how she lets it go. Yeah, I have no idea either. She has a master's degree. Dude, I do not, like... If Bubba were a person that, like, needed to talk to me in any situation outside of work, I would not want to do it. Yeah, there's no reason that he should, you should have to talk to him off the clock. Dude, this guy sucks. So he pressures her into a date, and then his baseball boys pressure him into combining the date with their fun times? Yeah, because at this point, he hears that... They might be, you know, interested in having him come play again. And to celebrate, he uh, goes out with his boys. Mm -hmm. But he takes Megan with him. Yeah. And while they're on this date slash group hang, all the boys are just, like, giving him a hard time. And, like, keeps going on about all the girls he slept with in front of this new girl he brought on this date. Yeah, who didn't even want to be there as a date to begin with. Yeah, like... She thought they were going to talk about the boys. Yeah, but... Oh, and the girls. Yeah. The children. The children, but the boys wanted to talk about the girls that Bubba was chasing before he met Megan. And it's just like... And then he slips his spoon into the waitress's uh, bosom. Yeah, because she's, she's like a belly dancer? What kind of restaurant is that? I don't know. You're not going to hazard a guess? I have no idea. I was thinking it was like an Indian restaurant, but Maybe. I don't know if like belly dancing is an Indian thing. I don't know. It also makes me wonder where were they that they had this restaurant? Yeah, that's a combination belly dancing restaurant where they can have a private room yeah. and eat bread. Yeah. Dude. Where was this movie set? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I didn't even get a filming location. But I think someone had a San Antonio uh, coat on at one point. You know point. what? That makes sense because of where Swayze lives. So may- maybe Texas? Texas? Maybe, see, may- maybe Arizona? Sure. Maybe but, it was California and it, they wanted it to be one of those places. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But <laughs> so, yeah. So their date goes really badly. Yeah. He she, takes her home. You no, know, she, she leaves. She leaves. He chases after her kind of like apologizes halfway, right? He tries to apologize for it being a bad date, but, like, he doesn't, like, really address the the point that it wasn't supposed to be a date. Yeah, and then he goes in for a kiss, and where she lets him kiss her, she also then pulls away pretty quickly and says that she does not want to do it again. And then he asks if she's a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> If it's all men or just me. And she's like, just you, man. Like, you suck. You're the worst. I found you in a park. Drunk. In the morning. But then it, like, cuts to him with all the kids the next day. And Megan's like, I've planned this field trip to go to the museum. And none of the kids seem like they're into it. So Michael's just being a dick. And then Bubba, just being a dick back at him, goes, well, where do you want to go, Michael? And he goes, I want to go to Alaska. <laughs> so, like, this little piece of shit, just like, yeah, we're clearly someplace hot. Let's go to Alaska. And then Bubba's like, okay. Yeah, I'll take you to Alaska, you little shit. Yeah, so he, he's just, he takes his whole gaggle of kids out into the woods with Megan and just makes them camp. <laughs> and then, like... He, he like, tells all the kids to go to bed, but makes Michael stay up with him and goes, all right, Michael, got to tell you the truth. I'm going to molest you now. <laughs> no, he did not say that. No. <laughs> he could, That's the only way he could get worse, right, is if he molested one of these children. He's Jesus. like, he's like, hey, we're not going to Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to Alaska. I know that you're a dumb kid. I know you said you wanted to go to Alaska, but we're not going to Alaska. <laughs> and then that's when fucking Michael's like, I know we're not going to Alaska. <laughs> Bubba's like, yeah, I thought I should tell you anyway. You know, you know, just like in the interest of openness and... Like, 
what is he he yells at Michael during this Yeah, he's like, We're exchange. not going, you know, it's it's all cool though, right? Michael's like, Yeah, it is kinda cool, but you know what I was wondering is why you have a pitching machine that we're not allowed to use and or tell Megan about. Yeah. And, and that's he, when <laughs> that's when he gets yelled at. Yeah, he gets fucking yelled at and he gets told to go to bed and then like Megan comes over and sits down next to Bubba and then starts kissing him. Yeah, she's like, man, you, you're so good with the kids. And he's she, like, I know. I know I am. And then, like, she's and then her, she kisses him. You think, like, her, she's got, like, a fucking, she's like, that's her thing. She's like, I like when I like when dudes yell at kids. That's what gets me going. Yeah, earlier in the movie, she really liked it. Yeah, like. That's how he reaches these kids. <laughs> just no screaming them. What a fucking psycho. He's, and he's he has, not a good coach. And he has no, like, first of all, what's he coaching? Second of all, he has, like, no no problem shifting between yelling at a child and hitting on a woman. Yeah, and then, <laughs> then he just, like, when, when, and there's any kind of, like, resistance to his advances, he's just a fucking douchebag. Yeah, he starts whining until you accept his date. Oh, God. Like... And at at this point, like, he's now told her, Megan, that he's gotten a spot back on the team. Yeah, it's the next day, and he, he's gotten a spot back on yeah, the team. It's, it's been confirmed now. He's, Even though he had heard about it a few days before. Yeah, it's been confirmed. He does have a spot on the team. They so need next him we see him after them kissing, he is packing up his shit to go at her office. Not his office, yeah. her office. And he's like, hey, I'm leaving. And then she's like, what are you fucking talking about? This meets in two weeks. He's like, yeah. I got a spot back on the team, and when I took this job, I didn't have a spot on the team. Now I do, so now I don't have this job. I'll see you later. And never. Yeah, and, like, they, so they start, like, fighting a little bit, and he just keeps being a dickhead, and he all of a sudden he's just like, hey, I have to show you this. Then he walks Megan out to the shed and shows her that he's got this fucking pitching machine. She loves it. Like, she looks confused as fuck. And just is mad. Like he didn't buy any uniforms. He didn't buy anything. Yeah, he's like, I didn't do any of that. I just uh, I bought this pitching machine. And guess what? They're track and field. They're not even fucking baseball. So this is useless. They can't use this at all. Sorry. I, and then he goes and he wins a game with the boys. Yeah, he just pieces the fuck out, and then uh, he wins the game for the guys. Oh, but he refuses to fight when a fight breaks out on field. Yeah, and just, his boys are like, "Oh, why didn't you fight, dude? I've never seen a fight on a baseball field before. Thought like, that was hockey. Yeah, like hockey. Yeah, and then everybody goes and jumps in and everything like that. But no, like they they expected him to treat this just like how hockey players treat a fight. And the entire people, everybody runs out the bullpen and just starts fucking fighting. No one seems to be in any trouble or anything. And he's just sitting there oogling at girls, right? And it's that same girl. Oh, it's the same girl? It's the same girl. Oh, did you, maybe she's like, I, I want to see what a stallion does. And it's not just drinking five beers and trying to find a new job. Yeah, so he... I have a feeling that is what stallions do. They just all sit around and are like, God damn, I got to get a new job. He gets back and from, from winning this game and he just starts chilling in the, in the locker room, right? So all of his buddies go get showered and they're all like, let's go out to the bar. Let's go get partied and stuff like that. And Bubba's just like, no, man, I bailed on all these fucking kids. Like, that was not chill of me to do. Uh, what was his friend telling him, though? His friend was, like, giving him the sexy eyes or whatever. And... Yeah, he's like, let's go party. Let's go party. And then he was trying to take his pants off. Yeah. And Why was that happening? Because he want I don't know, it's what boys do in the locker room. Locker room talk, hey bud, let's get those pants off. Yeah, let's pop those pants off. Let's see that bird. And fucking this dude just keeps keeps pressuring him and pressuring him. And then all of a sudden Bubba just kind of lashes out and goes, no, I abandoned these kids. I'm a fucking dick. I need to go back and help them. Oh yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and then all of a sudden his buddy just goes, hey, you're a baseballer. You're where you should be. If you go back to those kids, I've got no respect for you. Yeah, I'll never suck your dick again. Yeah, and then that was it. That was it. Then yep. he goes back to the kids. Yep. Then he goes back to the kids, and he's got this big old hand, handful of jerseys that he presumably stole from his <laughs> baseball team. What kind of jerseys were they that he was able to tie-dye? Well, they, they looked they were just baseball jerseys, you know, yellow arms, white chest. 
and then he tie-dyed them with the kids. They were all tie-dyed in different uh, inks, so I don't know where he got all this tie-dye from. And then, probably spent some of his stipend. Yeah, maybe. And he also cut the, all the sleeves off of them. Well, that makes them rad, and you know it. Well, yeah, but the baseball is supposed to have this different sleeves. Three-quarter length. Yeah. Like... They're not baseball tees. I guess. There's, there ain't no rule in the book that says you can't have sleeveless baseball tees. Yeah, so their entire team has has tie-dyed baseball shirts as their jerseys, and they do... Oh, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I got way ahead of myself. What did you miss? We missed the, the linchpin of the entire movie. We thought this was a Mighty Ducks. No, it wasn't. This was a hardball. Paul, the four or five-year-old, he gets hit by a car and dies. <laughs> for no reason, as yeah. far as we could tell, except for to inspire his brother Michael to maybe do some running. Yeah, to join the team, because before the track meet, Paul dies. Yeah, you didn't skip it. I think we, we arrived right on time, my man. It's my last note. Paul dies. Oh, oh. And then the track meet happens immediately afterward. Yeah, we barely skipped it. Oh, okay. Okay. But yeah, so Paul dies. And then nothing. Like they, oh, they all hang out. Yeah, well, Michael screams that Paul's dead. Paul is dead. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Paul is dead. That was the best part of the movie. We I saw like, that his shoe came off for sure. Dude, yeah. Got, That's how you know he got he hit got hard. Knocked the fuck out. Yeah, knocked out of his shoes, baby. Um, That was the best acting in the entire TV show. Dude, Michael is actually the best actor in the whole movie. Yeah. And yeah. he has a career. He's the one who's in the, the uh, I Split on Your Grave. Oh. Oh, yeah. Michael killed it. So good for him. He really acted. You know, some Doug- children are like precocious and some kids sell it and some kids don't. Like that girl who plays Millicent on iCarly. She's yeah. not selling it. No. But no, this kid not. sells it. Yeah. Doug McKeon. Way to go, man. You fucking killed it. Yeah. You got a career. You're older than us, man. But yeah, so Bubba, that's when he's like sitting there trying to communicate his emotions to these children and like talk about death. I want to talk about the logistics of how they all got to the funeral. Did he pick them up or did their parents drop them off like they were going to the play place? I don't know, but they was just uh, all the kids were in the back of this fucking truck. They were all dressed well. Yeah. Which yeah. implies that they have someday clothes. But they were all still dirty. <laughs> they were all still dirty, but they were all dressed to the nines for, um, for you know, dirty kids. Yeah. But yeah, so they went. They all sat in the circle in the gym, and John Ritter's trying to talk about his his emotions, and, he's, and all he's just doing is is yelling as he's kind of crying. It's basically just like a stream of consciousness. Like it has nothing to do with anything that the kids are even aware of. No, and one of the kids actually stands up and says, "This makes me feel even worse. I would like to go home, please." And he says, "You gotta no, wait. Sit back down. Listen. Listen to me. Cry about this." And then he, like, looks at Megan and she says, like, I support you or something. <laughs> yeah. And then they all rally around and do the fucking tournament. Yeah. That's it. Yep. That's all that happens. I mean, uh, they're doing the tournament and Michael refuses to engage. Yeah. But then he shows up at the last minute to and save the, the day. Yeah, and he runs and everybody loves it. Freeze frame on him, like, running through a ribbon or some shit. Yeah, it's, it's lame. The comeback kid was not John Ritter. He was not supposed to grow. Michael was the comeback kid. He was the titular kid. With, Unless they were going to resurrect Paul after the movie was over. <laughs> Michael didn't come back. Michael just came. Damn. No, so, John so, Ritter is the comeback kid. Because he went back to the baseball team and he went back to the kids. And presumably he's going to go back to the baseball team right afterward, right? Presumably. Because like, he didn't have to quit baseballing to he go mentioned, and He mentioned that he was children. 28, though. What? Or he was like 28 or 30, and he was like in the minors for six years, and this was his ticket up to the majors. All this sounds right to me. Like. He looked older than that. Yeah. What was up with his hair? I don't know. It was bad. Fashion corner. Yeah. Let's talk about fucking fashion. Paul Paul and Megan win fashion corner this week, in my opinion. Paul. Paul had that little vest, which Michael eventually took, which, first of all, that's a rule about wearing vests. That's a no-no. You can't take somebody else's vest. Yeah, what the fuck, Michael? Well, they were brothers. I guess, but still. Paul looked like our friend Baby Tom. 
Yep, he he looked just like Baby Tom. And Megan had the coolest outfits. She had a blue number on at one point with the sweater, and that was really fucking cool. All her fashion, like her fitness fashion, she, was real good. All of her fitness fashion was dope. She had quite a few headbands. She was just she Susan Day was just killing it left and right in that movie. Oh yeah, like when she was in charge of the kids after he quit to go do baseball. Yeah, she looked great. Yeah, she 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 had the consistently the coolest outfits in my opinion. Well, I mean, yeah, and, and Paul. I mean, Michael was cool though. That kid was a whole vibe. Michael had Michael looks like he would uh, be listening to to Joyce Manor or something like that nowadays. He was probably old enough to listen to Nirvana <laughs> in 1980. Yeah, I mean, like when it came around, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Hell yeah, 100%. especially after his brother died by getting hit by a car. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. The parents didn't even go to the funeral, apparently, because... Uh, what if, what if he grew up to be Kurt Cobain? Bubba picked him up for the funeral, or at least drove him home, so, like, where were Michael's parents? What the fuck? Where were any of these kids' parents, man? Who's to say? Well, that's the whole movie, and that's Fashion Corner. Josh, how did you feel about it? I thought it was terrible. You already asked me this question. I know, but like, why did you think it was terrible that we've gone through it? Like, what was the weakest point? What do you think? The weakest point was like characterization for the supposed hero of the movie. Yeah. Well, see, that was that was like the thing. We thought that he like I thought he was going to get better. Yeah, you, you, your, your hero or your, your, you know, your main character has to reach a point where they learn something and then change their or, actions. Or they at least need to be, like, identifiable. If they fail to do those things, I need to understand why. Yeah, and Bubba is not identifiable at all. Like, I, I, I don't feel myself in him at all. I feel myself in the smart child. Yeah, he didn't change enough to the even warrant him being the main character. No, no, I think it should have been a movie about Megan, but the year was 1981. Yeah, 1980. 1980. So, I mean, it's not like we can just say, oh, things were different. I mean, but we can. It's 35 years ago. They didn't write movies about women. Yeah. So let's make it about John River. Uh, it's John Ritter. It's Three's Company. <laughs> Did you ever watch... Uh, Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter. Yes, I did. Hell yeah. Yeah, I liked the middle daughter, I remember, when I, I was growing up. I have no opinion up. about this. My girlfriend in high school liked it, though, and that was John Ritter. Your girlfriend was John Ritter? Yep, I loved her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the middle girl went on to be in Sarah Marshall. Oh, hell yeah. I forget her name. She's also an accepted... She's also Sarah Marshall. She's not Sarah Marshall. Oh. That's Kristen Bell. Hell yeah, I've seen Sarah Marshall. I know you have. Sarah Marshall's a perfect movie. If you had to choose between um, this and another bad movie... Okay, but does it have to also be like a Bad News Bears? Like, what, what, what realm should it be in? Well, okay, let's put it that way. Yeah, since this movie is terrible, I'm not going to recommend this to anyone. You know, what movie should we recommend? The Big Green. The Big Green? Yeah, dude, The Big Green was so funny. I can't believe I never watched that when I was a kid. You showed yeah. it to me last year, and I thought it was great. Yeah, le uh, we, we both give this a half a star. This movie is shit. Check out The Big Green. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's really, really fun. Bug Hall is in it. Uh, some guy goes out a window. So is That's Steve funny. Gutenberg. Like, love me some Gutenberg. Like, it starts out, it's basically the same movie as this, right? Like, it yeah. starts out being about one thing, and then it shifts to being about something else altogether, but then still tries to pretend like it was about the original thing. Yeah. that Well, the big green is all about these kids that just live in this, this small town. Oh, yeah, and they're also nothing poor kids on. Yeah, because their on. families uh, are, like, farmers or, like, they were working in industry that has gotten outsourced. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this new uh, exchange teacher comes in, and she introduces them to soccer. Like, and then... Like, I'm British, and here's soccer. It's is a football, and they're like, no, footballs are shaped like lemons. But then Steve Gutenberg plays, like, the town sheriff, and he's trying to hit on the teacher, so he starts helping them, and it's just... And then it suddenly becomes about him. It's great. Trying I to woo it. her, the yeah. original main character of the movie, who was originally the character with agency. 
Big the big green is great. It was like, great though. Like it then I, you completely forget about that because the kids are all very engaging and everything's awesome. Yeah, so we recommend you watch The Big Green instead of this. Yeah, yeah. I think we told you what the movie is about pretty succinctly. Sorry. Josh, I think the only thing really that we have uh, to worry about now is the Swayze scale. Swayze scale. The Swayze scale. Swayze scale. I don't think this rates high. Uh, No, there's uh, dancing and fighting. There's some condescending. They do a road trip. Is it dadly? How how can we rate the dads? This is there's one there's two there, dads. There's two. There's there's the baseball daddy. Oh, baseball daddy. Baseball daddy is a fine dad. He's fine. He doesn't. He's he's neutral. I don't even think he ranks, dude. I don't. Well, he was pushing that one guy at one point to do more exercises, and he like, you know, I, I mean, don't know. He lets Sean Ritter down pretty easy. I think he's neutral at least. Neutral. But then John Ritter's a bad dad Very to bad all the dad. kids. Very so. bad. I mean, so bad dad, that is part of the Swayze scale. Yeah. There's no denying that. But there's no horses. There's no real mention of America. There's no, no weird goofy vehicles. Goofy vehicles. No. Um there's like the romance is not sexy at all. It's like borderline rapey. Yeah, not not fun. Uh, not fun at all. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't. I oh, dude, that one kid, oh, Michael okay. had a sick bike. He had the bike with like the huge uh, like oh, seat yeah. up behind him, the like the bar? back support. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Dude, that was really fucking cool. I always wanted to see like that on a bike. You know, I feel like if I would get in a seat like that on my bike now, like as a thirty-two-year-old man. I feel like it would be for a different purpose. Like I would need it for the support instead of like wanting to just it's be like able to wheelies. Though. Like it's a chopper. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That doesn't qualify as a weird vehicle, though. I don't think. That's just fucking. That's a cool bike. That's your swag. Yeah. That's, that's Michael being the best main character. Um, I think the movie's much more exciting if it's about Michael and if he were to like go home. At yeah. Some point. I think that's what they should have done. I think if we were going to... If the movie's about him, if he's the titular comeback... Oh, he's not the titular comeback kid, even though the movie ends on a still of him. I think John Ritter should have been, like, more focused on him. Like, if if we would have had a better relationship between him and Michael developing throughout the entire thing, Uh you know, like... like, like Instead of him bullying Michael? Like a rookie of the year! Okay, okay. You know? But yeah, it just... It didn't work. It's not good. Uh, okay, so what do you think on the Swayze scale? I want to give it a one. A one? Maybe, no way, dude. Maybe that's high. No, I think like maybe a two. Maybe a two? Yeah. Because like, like I said, it does 10? have the dancing and it's got the, it's got the fighting. All right. And it does have a road trip and it All does right. have the bad dad. So, I mean, I think like maybe a two or a three. But if you're saying a one, we can. I think. I think we can agree on a two. Let's do a two. Two out of ten sick bikes. Oh, you're always thinking it's a five point scale. No, it's fine. <laughs> I I know it's a ten point scale now. Okay. I've done my research. Um, no, I give it a half a star out of five. You yeah. give it a half a star out of five. Uh-huh. We give it two out of ten. Sick bikes on the Swayze scale. Swayze scale. Yeah. Do you want to know how everyone else felt about it? Wow, I can't believe that anyone watched it besides us. We have a 3 out of 5 on Letterboxd, a 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb. It's not available on Rotten Tomato with an audience score of not available or on Amazon. Ebert did not see this movie. (sighs) Do you want to see what Ebert thought about this, Josh? Yeah, Ebert was thinking that this is clearly a made-for-TV movie. He watched a screener of it, but it still had the commercial breaks, just like the DVD. So he was pretty mad about that. But Because uh, movies, they shouldn't be made for TV in that way. Yeah. Yep. Um, what is character growth? Have, did he save the cat? Was there a cat? No. I just mean like in the metaphorical sense. I thought there was a cat. I like I missed it, man. He didn't save the cat. There is no character growth. Why did a child die in the last 10 minutes? 
I that's don't the know. end of the review. It's all questions. Yeah, it's a good point. Good point, Eber. How many stars do you want to give it? Oh, sometimes he does give them zero out of four stars. Yeah? This is a zero out of four star movie. Ooh, I agree with Eber. This was not a good movie. Now, there's a reason he does it for a living. I do have one piece of trivia, Josh. Do you wanna do you wanna do you wanna know what this trivia is? Yeah, what is it? John Ritter and Susan Day reteamed in a TV movie called Sunset Limousine. That's great. Sunset Limousine. Yep. Never gonna watch it. Do you think John Ritter just yells at her that whole movie also? I think that you might be right. I think that's his acting style. Well he he yells the entire time during fucking Problem Child. It was a different time. I guess that's when that went when fatherly authority just meant screaming. <laughs> yep. Dude, you know what's crazy about Problem Child is everyone in that movie was just screaming the entire time. Who's the Problem Child? I don't know. Some kid named Junior, but he was always yelling. And Gilbert Godfrey was in it, and he oh, was he always just, yelling. Oh, no, he's he is he do be yelling all the time. There was there was a. Uh, John Ritter's father character, he was like a big sports sportsman shop guy, you know? He likes sports? Yeah, and he was he always like, he yelling. Like, big Bud and Little Bud. When you say he's a sports shop guy, what does that mean? Does he go to Dick's? No, he like runs like a Dick's. Oh, he is a Dick's. Yeah. And then like John Ritter's wife like gave Junior a clown room and didn't really like connect with him effectively. So she was always yelling too. Dude, and then there's a sequel. Who doesn't want a clown room? I don't know, but then he gets, there's a sequel and then he gets like a stepsister and then she's always yelling also. She's also a problem child. The whole movie, I she, it's know. problem child too, T-O-O. It's oh. like, look who's talking to. Look who's talking to. It's the dog this time. No, that's look who's talking also. <laughs> that's the third one. <laughs> Bruh. No there's, way. There's three look who's talking. It's look who's talking. And then look who's look talking, talking to. with Roseanne. And look right? who's talking now. Yeah. With the dog. Who's the dog? Bruce Willis. No, I thought the child was Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is the dog on Rugrats. What? Who's the dog on Rugrats? No. Spike. Oh. Haven't you seen the movie? He talks. When? In the movie. I don't think so. I want to say it was like some sort of a hallucinatory sequence, which seems strange now that I'm saying it out loud because it's Rugrats. Well, the dogs in this movie were voiced by Danny DeVito and Diane Keaton. And look who's talking to. And look who's talking now. <laughs> look who's talking also, I thought you said it was. No, it's look okay. who's talking, look who's talking to, and look who's talking now. And then it's a dog. Diane Keaton and who was the other one? Dane DeVito. Oh, hey, I'm a dog. Throw me in the trash when I die, etc. So it's when I looked up Look Who's Talking, right? Those three movies came up, and then it said Parrots, Look Who's Talking. But it came out in the correct amount of time to be a sequel, so maybe... Look Who's Talking, Parrots. Look who, parrots, Look Who's Talking. Okay, hell yeah. We rated <laughs> it on every scale there is. Um... <laughs> You gave me some trivia. We never told the people how we watched this. I bought this DVD. Yeah. Well, see. Unfortunately. I, yeah. But I, I also feel as if. Yeah, you're right. It's the only way that we could have watched it. Yeah. And we, now you own it. How does that make you feel? I'm probably going to try and give it away to somebody. Oh, no. No, I'm going to keep it. Yeah, hey, you got to like, keep all your Swayze movies together. Like, this was not good, man. Yeah, never watched it again. Uh, it makes me never want to look at John Ritter again. Uh, yeah, like... Why are there three women on the cover of this movie with him? There's only two women in the movie. It's <laughs> a good point. You know, we didn't even talk about Patrick Swayze at all. Because he's barely in the movie. Yeah, the only thing he does is fucking jeer John Ritter on in settings where he's at a bar. This is probably like the least Swayze of all the Swayze movies that we've had. Yeah. Like in terms of screen time. Yeah, we, we we definitely had him only in two scenes, maybe three. He had five lines and they were just making fun of John Ritter. Like So another uh another like obscure Swayze movie. It was very much like that a, you never a, need to see. A real first appearance. You know, like, it's really kinda of bumming me out that uh there's very few hidden gems. You know, we've found a few. Yeah. 
but uh, I, I thought there'd be more. Hey, man, we're only halfway through. Not even halfway through. Well, then, hell yeah, maybe there are some more hidden gems. I mean, think about how many we've found so far. Yeah, we found Black Dog. That was great. That's the best hidden gem. That's the top of my hidden gem list. Dude, I loved Black Dog. Oh, I'm going to recommend Skate Town USA again. I like Skate Town, too. You know, like, I I also liked The Christmas in Wonderland. That was great also. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we knew that one was great. Well, yeah, and Steel Dawn was fun. Like, you know, we're, we're, they're all, they've all been pretty okay so far. Like, this is the first one that I we've watched that I've been, like, genuinely bummed after. Yeah, huge stinker. Like, I don't know who this movie was for. No, maybe kids. Maybe dumb kids. <sighs> dumb poor kids. I guess. They should watch Sesame Street instead. Yeah. Yeah, they should definitely watch Sesame Street instead of this. This fucking sucked. I uh, don't recommend it to anyone. Well, this podcast is at least as long as is legally required. So <laughs> do you want to tell the people where to find us? Do you want to find us uh, to, 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 to talk about how bad this movie is? You can reach out to us on email at SwayzePod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias at SwayzePod. Josh is on Letterbox at Joshua CY, and I'm on Letterbox at Vincent Troya. And, uh, you know, we're just chilling. We're just chilling, man. We're just chilling, trying to, uh, trying to not die. Not die. We're crazy.